You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 86 of Tax Talks. This is Heidi Robson. And thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. The bring forward rules for non-concessional contributions changed with the super reforms in 2017. Meg Heffron of Heffron SMSF Solutions kindly agreed to walk you through these bring forward rules and the timing of non-concessional contributions. I started by asking Meg how the total superannuation balance affects the amount of contributions you can make. Here's Meg. how the total superannuation balance affects your ability to make contributions, which is new. So before the 1st of July 17, we actually didn't have to worry about anybody's total superannuation balance. It was contributions limits were set independently of that, whereas now it's something we have to think about. Before the 1st of July 2017, so before the super reform. Before those major reforms, that's right. Did we even have the word total superannuation balance? Did it even exist? No, brand new concept. So just to make things confusing, we got a whole lot of new terminology with those reforms, as well as a whole lot of new rules. So total superannuation balance is also a new word. That's right. It's essentially the total amount that an individual has in superannuation across all of the funds to which they might belong. So even if you're just looking at um, how much can I contribute to my SMSF, you would still have to calculate the total superannuation balance as not only what's in that SMSF, but also what's in any other fund to which that person belongs. Retail, industry. Absolutely. Even a defined benefit pension from a a long ago employment. Yes. I think we neglected it a little bit as an industry. We were also focused on the transfer balance account. Absolutely. That we kind of forgot about the total superannuation balance. I, I think we absolutely did. And I think we've probably spent most of 2016, 17 understanding how pensioners would need to change their pensions to comply with that transfer balance cap, the new $1.6 million limit on pensions. Then we spent all of 17, 18 making sure that was implemented correctly. And it's almost like total superannuation balance and its impact on contributions has slid under the radar. But now's the time, really. Now we've got new financial year. Clients are again looking at how much they can contribute this year. And so they really care about what their total superannuation balance is. How does the total superannuation balance affect contributions? So it only affects, in the main, your non-concessional contributions. So contributions you make from your own money and don't claim a tax deduction for. It affects it by imposing a limit on how much you can contribute based on what your total superannuation balance is. So if your total superannuation balance is more than $1.6 million, then you're not allowed to make non-concessional contributions at all. If it's less than $1.4 million, then not only can you make non-concessional contributions this year at the normal cap of $100,000 a year, but you can also bring forward the next two years' worth of contributions and actually contribute up to $300,000 in the current year or $300,000 spread over the next three years. Hmm. And then if you're in the middle, the rules are trickier. So if you've got between $1.5 million and $1.6 million, then you can still contribute the normal cap of $100,000 a year, but you can't bring forward any future years. If you're between $1.4 and $1.5 million, then you can still contribute your normal cap and you can bring forward just one year. So you've got a two-year period over which you can put in $200,000. And then there are actually 
extra rules to worry about. So whenever somebody triggers that bring forward, they not only have to worry about how big their total super balance is, but they have to think about how old they are. Have they made contributions in the past that put them, they're already in one of those bring forward periods. There are a whole host of extra things to think about as well. Hmm. But the one that's new is that total super balance. Do you mind if I just step aside for one minute and talk about concessional contributions? And that is the 1.6 million cap doesn't actually affect employer contributions. It's even a slight variation on that. So first and foremost, it doesn't matter how much you have in super. So how much your total superannuation balance is, your $25,000 a year of concessional contributions can continue anyway. They are dictated purely by how old you are. So as you say, once you get to 75, pretty much they have to stop entirely unless they're compulsory, like a superannuation guarantee or an award. And even once you get to 65, you have to meet a work test unless they're compulsory. But you can still make concessional contributions no matter how much you've got in super. And both employer and personal. Um, personal. So you so could make a $25,000 personal com contribution aged 60 with $10 million in super If you can claim a tax deduction for that contribution, you could make a $25,000 contribution. Claim a deduction, it's a concessional contribution, so isn't affected by your total super balance. And it's also not affected by the transfer balance account? The transfer balance account never affects contributions. It's purely total super balance that does. <gasps> yes, of course. So you can always make the $25,000 into accumulation, but whether you can then move it from accumulation to pension, that is then subject to the $1.6 million cap. Absolutely. So totally different issue once it's in there what you do with it. But can you get it in there? Then yes. I see. Okay. So just talking about getting it into the super fund, That is, concessional contributions only have the 25,000 cap, but is not affected by the total superannuation balance. Mm -hmm. But the non-concessional contributions are affected by the total superannuation balance. That's absolutely right. The only aspect of concessional contributions where the total super balance does become relevant is if you're someone who has perhaps not used all of their $25,000 cap over time and you're looking to make use of this new ability to catch up That starts from 1 July 18, so the first opportunity to catch up and make extra contributions in, say, 1920 to use up any any amount of the 25,000 that wasn't used in 1819. You can only do that catch up if you had less than half a million dollars total super balance. I see. So for non-concessional contributions, we have the bring forward rule. And for concessional contributions, we have the catch-up rule. Yes, you could almost describe it as a carry forward rule as opposed to a bring forward rule. So that's concessional contribution. Non-concessional contributions. Up to the age of 65, the only limit is the $100,000 cap. Once I turn 65, the work test comes in. That's that right. Correct? Yep. And the $100,000 cap is the cap per annum. And of course, like we were saying before, sometimes you can bring forward future year's caps as well. But you're right. Until 65, there's no work test for any contribution. Somebody who's been retired for 10 years but is 64 could make a $100,000 non-concessional contribution. As soon as they have their birthday, though, we care. 
about whether they've been working recently. But it's only the financial year that follows after the birthday. So they can still make contributions after the 65th birthday. It only starts from the following 1st of July. Is that right? Not the work test. The work test starts starts immediately. On the birthday. That's right. So So it's happy birthday. Can we please see your work test? That's right. Yes. For for contributions that are not compulsory. Yes. So if your birthday is on the 31st of December, make sure you get all non-concessional contributions for that financial year in before the 31st of December. If you're not working. Yes. If, if you're working, then, then you'll easily meet the work test. And the work test's not onerous. It's 40 hours in 30 consecutive days. So really, someone who does a week's Excluding worth, Saturday and Sunday. No, 30 consecutive days. So it's really somebody who does a week's work in a month. Yeah. And how did they come up with 40 hours in 30? I wonder if it's because it roughly translates to a week's work. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, at least I didn't say 38 hours and 20, you know. <laughs> well, that would have really got really awesome. complicated, yeah. wouldn't it? So the work test kicks in on my birthday. If I haven't made all my 100,000 non-concessional contributions by my 65th birthday, then the door is basically shut unless I've triggered the bring forward rule before my 65th birthday. Oh, no, no. So, actually, that's a really good point. Let's talk about the two tests completely separately. So the first test is, can I get any money in at all? Can I make any non-concessional contributions at all? That's all around my birthday and work tests. So if I'm under 65, then I can make a non-concessional contribution. If I'm over 65, I can only do it if I've met a work test in that financial year before I make the contribution. Separately, let's think about how big can that non-concessional contribution be. In other words... Can I use these bring forward rules? And the rule there is you can do that as long as you start. So as long as the first time you go over the normal cap of 100,000 for this particular bring forward period, as long as that starts during the year in which you turn 65, then that's okay. If you try and start the next year, though, it's too late. Once the year in which you turn 65 has ended, it's too late to start one of these bring forwards. You can finish it off, but you can't start one. Okay, so if my birthday is on the 31st of December, I have up to the 30th of June to trigger the bring forward rule. That's I don't right. I have to do it on my birthday. I have up to the you 30th of June. You have up until the 30th of June. It's just that if you happen to do it by making a contribution after your birthday, you'd also need to meet a work test. But you have up until the 30th of June to trigger that bring forward rule. And when I say trigger, I just mean go over your normal cap of $100,000 with the intention of using that three-year rule to put in 300000 over that time. I see. So even if I trigger the bring forward rule before my birthday, I still need to meet the work test once I turn 65. So let's say I trigger the bring forward rule before my birthday, but then I stop working and I don't meet the work test anymore, then I can't use the bring forward rule even though I triggered it before I turned 65. That's right. So let's say you put in $110,000 in August. Then you turned 65 in December and then you wanted to put another $190,000 in March. You couldn't unless you'd met a work test. You couldn't put that last contribution unless you'd met a work test because now you're 65. We have to check whether you've met a work test. And similarly, if you wanted to put some more money in the following year, so the whole idea of a bring forward is 
you create the right to put in $300,000 over a three-year period. You don't have to put it all in in the first year. You just have to create the bring forward by going over the normal $100,000 cap. So you could, all other rules being met, put more in the following year, but you'd have to meet a work test because you'd obviously be over 65. Mm. Okay. So the bring forward rule doesn't relieve you from the requirement to meet the work test. It That's just gives absolutely you, right. It gives you more time, but you, it means you need to be working during that extra time. And it's almost like approach it in two steps. Think, can I make a contribution at all? Yes, no. That's based on work tests and age. And second, how big can it be? And that's based on total super balance, bring forwards and things like that. When does the payment need to hit the Superfund's bank account? It's tricky because it actually depends on how you make the contribution. So just two examples here. Let's imagine you wanted to make a contribution to your Superfund and you did it by writing a cheque. Then all that has to happen by midnight on the 30th of June is the trustee of the Superfund has to receive the cheques and you have to have had enough money in your bank account to cover it and the trustee has to present it promptly to the bank and, and get the money. But presenting it promptly to the bank could happen a few days later in early July. Totally different with bank transfers. By and large, it's actually got to land physically in the superannuation fund's bank account before the 30th of June in order for it to count. If it's in the ether on the 30th of June and leaves your bank account on the 29th but doesn't land in the super fund's bank account until the 2nd of July, that's too late. That contribution will be deemed to have happened in the following year. Why these different routes for check and bank transfers? You know, why this extra leniency for check payments? Uh, I think it's all around when does the trustee have control, control of, the money. of the money and until it lands in their bank account with an electronic funds transfer, they don't have control of the money. Whereas once they've got a check, a legal instrument that, that gives them rights to the money, they have it. So it's funny, isn't it? Especially in SMSFs. We tend to go a bit back to the future around 30th of June. Checks become safer than internet bank transfers. Yes, unless you do the internet bank transfer weeks in advance weeks if you're super if you're super organized. If I trigger the bring forward rule in the financial year I turn 65, then I have three years to pay, but only if I meet the work test from my birthday on until the last payment. It's actually even slightly more complicated than that. So don't forget, like I was saying at the beginning, sometimes you have a three-year bring forward and sometimes you have a two-year. So let's forget about the complexity of two years and just look at three years. If I trigger the bring forward in any year, Then I have, and it's a three-year bring forward, then you're right, I have three years in which I can contribute up to $300,000. Every financial year in which I make a contribution as part of that process, I have to make sure, firstly, I'm allowed to contribute. So that's where if you were over 65, you'd be looking at, have I met the work test? And secondly, am I allowed to contribute more than zero? So you'd have to be checking total superannuation balance at the start of each year and make sure it's less than 1.6 million. That's the new complexity that we've got as part of the super reforms. So yeah. it's always been the case that in that final year when you turn 65, you can trigger that bring forward rule and you then have a three-year period, including the year you're in, to, to use three years' worth of cap. All that's happened is the cap's gone down now. It's only 
$100,000 a year instead of 180. But the new complexity, additional complexity we've got with total super balance is not only might it mean your bring forward period is shorter or even non-existent, but it's also a check you have to do each financial year in which you make a contribution. On the 1st of July. On the Yes, technically 30th of June the year before. So maybe it might help to use an example. Let's say you had somebody who was 64 at the start of the year and they had 1.35 million in their total superannuation balance. And they're about to turn 65. Mm -hmm. At the moment, they don't have to meet any work test at all. They don't have to worry about that. Their total superannuation balance is low enough that as long as they haven't already made large contributions just recently in the few years before, they're probably able to do a full three-year bring forward. So they could put $300,000 in right now before their 65th birthday, no worries about a work test. And why do you say as long as they haven't made large contributions before? You mean as long as they haven't triggered the bring forward rule before? That's right. Because so you can only trigger the bring forward rule once in a lifetime. No, no, once every three years effectively, or once you trigger a bring forward, it's effectively like opening a window for a period of time. When the window closes again, you're able to trigger it again as long as you meet the rules at the time. I see, okay. If the total superannuation balance is below 1.4 million, so therefore we have the door wide open for the bring forward rule. That's right. And we can pay $300,000 over three years. That's right. And so the way you open the window, if you like, the way you trigger the bring forward is you put more than one year's worth in this year. So let's say we did that with $110,000. And then we're looking at what can we contribute next year. So you would think, well, it's a three-year window and I'm only in year two. I've only made 110,000 in contributions. I should have 190,000 available to me. To do that, you only need to look at two things. One is, I'll be over 65 by then. I need to meet a work test before I make any contributions at all. Then I need to say, how big was my total superannuation balance at the end of last year. So if, if year two is the 2019-20 financial year, then I care about how big was my total super balance at 30 June 19. As long as it was under 1.6 million, I can finish off my bring forward in that year if I like and put the whole $190,000 in. Now I'm up to 300,000. It's only taken me two years, but that's okay. The whole idea of a bring forward is you're allowed to do things early. But I was only allowed to do that because I had less than 1.6 million as my total super balance at the beginning of the year. So it, it really is safest to use the bring forward rule as quickly as possible. Oh, it's because, definitely easier, yes. Because if you make a very good investment, then you suddenly can't contribute anymore because your total superannuation balance suddenly has hit 1.6 Absolutely. Million. So thinking about that example I just gave then, when you started this whole process, you had a total super balance of 1.35 million. So you were thinking... Well, a three-year bring forward, 300000 is available to me. If for whatever reason you don't do it all in that first year, you're really at the mercy of what your total super balance is at the end of that year as to whether you can finish it off in the following year. And if it's too high, then doesn't matter. You can't put any more non-concessional contributions in. If you meet the work test, you could continue putting concessionals in, but not non-concessionals. And we keep talking here about meeting work tests because... The example we're using is somebody who's complicating things by turning 65 during this period. If you take that out and say they're much younger, they're only 40, then 
all we change is we don't talk about work tests anymore. All the other rules about how big is your total super balance and how many years can you bring forward for, they're, they're exactly the same. And so once our superannuation balance hits 1.6 million, we can't make any more non-concessional contributions, even if we still have the bring forward rule open. Absolutely. That's right. And, the, and you check it year on year. So you might be over 1.6 in one year and then under 1.6 in the next. So that might open up opportunities to contribute in the subsequent oh, yes. year. It's not like the transfer balance account where once you hit the 1.6, that's it. That's right. The TSB fluctuates this time. That's right. It fluctuates and you may be above one year and below the next. And in which case you would just reassess your ability to contribute each financial year based on what it was at the 30th of June at the end of the last one. We've always had limits on non-concessional contributions. We've always had the ability to bring forward future year's contribution limits What's brand new is we now have that bring forward opportunity controlled by how much we already have in super, the total super balance. So the key thing that we need to watch out for when somebody's making large non-concessional contributions is looking back at the last 30th of June and testing how big their total superannuation balance was at that time. Welcome back. So at the moment, there are at least three different caps of thresholds that are 1.6 million. And I think this adds to the confusion. The transfer balance cap is currently 1.6 million. And this puts a cap on how much you can move from accumulation into pension and is tracked through the transfer balance account. So that's the first 1.6 million. The second one is that when your total superannuation balance exceeds 1.6 million for a member in retirement phase, then you have disregarded small fund assets and can't use the segregated method to calculate ECPI. And Melanie Dunn of Acurium discussed this with you in episode 83. So that's the second 1.6 million. And the third 1.6 million is that when your total superannuation balance hits 1.6 million or more, that you can't make any more non-concessional contributions into your fund unless a contribution doesn't count as a non-concessional contribution, like the downsizer contributions or the 15-year exemption and the retirement exemption as small business CGT concessions, although these contributions have their own lifetime cap and they are a different story again. So this is your third 1.6 million threshold. So there are at least three 1.6 million caps of thresholds at the moment, and they all do something different. And I think this also makes it so confusing. In the next episode, episode 87, Mac Heffron will talk about the timing of reversionary pensions and death benefits and how these affect the total superannuation balance and the transfer balance account of the receiving member. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to class for supporting us all. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.